So I said, go on then. Can you name them? And he goes, of course. Person, man, woman, camera, TV. (laughs) Which is funny because I was just asking him to repeat his order. and And then he stumbled away. Clearly riddled with dementia, and I said, "You know, it's weird. I thought I saw him on the television the next day." <laughs> no, uh, no, was that the was, garden or something. That was our prime minister. Oh, yeah, yeah. yes, a different blonde-headed perfumer. because yeah, we've got uh, our own. You see, do you think if Donald like spray tans that weird, like almost racist mask on his face every <laughs> single day? <laughs> clearly there's an umpa-lumpa out there taking offence surely yeah, if he does that be. do you think Boris is the opposite because Boris's skin seems to be the colour of where Trump's skin actually shows up at the, at the edge of his hairline do you think Boris like tans under his hair well we've established under his suit we've established that Boris is the Slovene wearing a skin suit at this point it's well, uh, yeah well he's a Slovene and an Auton duplicate and something much worse than that real <laughs> um, welcome back everyone to Big Damn Politicast. Uh nerdy news, geeky gossip and stuff's been happening. Left really. wing views. <laughs> I I am Chris Chew on that your gammons Johnson. I am Matt Chokadam Watson. And the second choice for the fake joke punchline this week was going to be, it's funny because he hates immigrants, but he's moving to another country oh to avoid God. living here. We're spoiled for choice. Oh, it's the only thing we are spoiled for choice with this week because it's fuck all going the, on again. Because There's no pop culture news in the world, but there are examples of absolute gammons being absolute gammons. It's almost Except like Matt. we're in the middle of a pandemic and the rise of fascism as a, as a political idea in the West again. But that's okay, because we have an annual tradition to distract us with by Jingo. Oh! We have our fifth, I repeat, fifth annual San Diego Comic-Con review episode. That's what's happening right now. I always look forward to this every year, because we basically get to clamp our sweaty... Uh, our sweaty uh, uh, mitts around the the juicy fruit that is San Diego Comic Con and take a giant semi-critical but mostly whimsical I'm a whimsy boy bite of this succulent See? succulent juicy round filling so just there's so much coming out of it there's so much to unpack in this, our annual San Diego Comic Con you you look sorry hang on one second everyone you look concerned on the camera Are you all right it's juicy. Like, I like sort of rancid greenish water leaks from an overripe avocado. Like it's that kind of juicy. Um, oh, well, I, I until, mean, people, people like avocados. People like avocados. Un- until you text me pre-show, then <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, Comic Cons are a thing. San Diego's. Oh, San Diego is a place, yeah. There are other places in the world. Oh, it's July. (laughs) (laughs) Like, until you text me, I had no fucking idea that they were even doing anything. It's weird, isn't it? it It's weird. It's weird how in the last fucking 
what has it been now? Five months. Our, our priority, my, my priority certainly, I can't speak, I can't, I can only speak for myself, have shifted so far away from following the kind of news and developments that I normally would when we do the show to just like, okay, what day is it? Do I <laughs> yes. need to wear clothes? Is today pyjama day when, or one of two shopping days of the week? What do I do? Where when am I did going? I last shower? Okay. So yeah, apparently San Diego Comic Con at home happened, which yeah. is a bunch of Zoom panels and some videos. Well, that's the that's the yes. big thing about this. I think the reason why it completely eluded you, despite it being something that we follow like avidly every year, may have something to do with the fact that this year. And here's the roundup, guys. Don't listen any further if you can't be asked. Uh, but you know, leave us a like and subscribe and all that before you go. Thanks very much. Um, there was no big news. No. Nothing. No big company. None of the biggies. Your Warner Brothers. Your, your, uh, your uh, well, Disney don't do it so much over the years now, but Marvel will do like a thing on behalf yeah, of yeah. some of their stuff. But like no, no, no Marvel big news. No Warners or DC big news. There hasn't been a single glimmer of anything from the other studios. Universal haven't had a panel. Sony haven't come out with a bunch of stuff. The games companies have all kind of like decided to just release things in packets now over the course of the year. Well, yeah, no that's reason to get everyone's eyes drawn into the event. Xbox had their big game showcase for the Xbox Series X uh, um, earlier. They this did, week, which I completely and ignored. It... <laughs> yeah, I, like... yeah, I sort of, I sort of gave it a cursory glance and was like, oh. They're starting Fable again yeah. with the current generation like graphics, and that's cool. Oh, it's an Xbox yeah, exclusive. Okay, well, cool. that's the that's it for the. I mean, it was always going to be an investment. Xbox exclusive because Xbox own the IP. It's a well, Microsoft owned IP. Yeah, um, true, true. Uh, they also rumor has it also have now the uh, the complete uh, ownership of whatever the next Batman title will be. Uh, but that's not been confirmed. Really? So, as always, take it with the tiniest grain of piss. I find that hard to believe because it's such a big I, IP and Warner Brothers see, I, have it. I, I don't, though, because I know Sony have the monopoly on the property in this instance, but PlayStation's success with Spider-Man, I wouldn't be surprised if Xbox like, right, we've got to lock one yeah, down. Yeah, let's, I mean, they, get, they let's did, get Batman. They, they did manage to wrangle um, Lara Croft away from Sony for a year's like yeah. Um, exclusivity. Yeah, I could see a timed exclusive. And of course, yeah. they've also own Obsidian now. So presumably, yeah, anything God, that Obsidian, yeah. anything else that Obsidian make, and they had a couple of games to show. True, it's going to be Xbox exclusive going forward. Although, well, their um, new Outer Worlds DLC is not. Oh, so that's going to be on everything. So. Okay. Well, I know, I know this uh, bit of gaming news came out today that sort of ties into <clears throat> Comic-Con related stuff. The the team behind Marvel's Avengers, the game we uh, can't really find any excitement <laughs> for anymore, okay. have confirmed that uh, after so many people have said, where is he? Where is he? They've confirmed that Clint Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye, is a part of the game. He appears in the main campaign, but he's not one of the main characters you play as. But that's because as part of the ongoing free expansions that will be going on, he gets a completely separate story mission all to himself, which no other character from the game or from the extensions uh, is going to be having. Completely separate story? Yeah, apparently. Or, complete, apparently. or completely separate story mission. 
<laughs> oh, oh, come on, let's be honest. It'll be it'll be at most three hours of content. Are but... we are we thinking similar to the Arkham Knight character DLCs? Yeah, I think it's going to be that kind of dealio, which I don't mind because at least then he gets a a, a spotlight. Because it did feel weird that out of the sort of the core six that is known by the the culture at large, he was the one missing. It was a bit like, especially when spoiler alert for a story that was revealed in the first trailer so it's not really a spoiler especially since cap isn't in the game beyond the prologue that we know of that we know of but well the plot revolves around the fact that he died on that day and that was part of the tragedy wasn't it oh he'll be in it but in some did way. he though but it, he'll be in it in some way but well, it, it's just did he it, though god could you imagine if like aim have got him stashed away somewhere and it's like oh my god I've been frozen in time for five years, and that would be the weakest development ever for a character who's frozen in time for, like, 70 years. Jesus, can you imagine? <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I can imagine Square Enix. Oh, wait, no. Crap. Yeah, I've just imagined it, and it's <laughs> yeah. awful. Um, yeah. <laughs> but they've said, it, they've said it's based more on, tone-wise, his content is based on the, of course it is, because everyone draws on this, the Matt Fraction run. Uh, it's the best Hawkeye, that's why. It is, but it's it's it's. I have a feeling that um, what was that? What was the first art called? Uh, my life as a weapon. That's it. I have a feeling that my life as a weapon is going to become the killing joke slash Dark Knight Returns of Hawkeye. I.e., people will only ever draw from that and never create anything new. That being uh, said, it, it, unlike some of that other stuff, it's not as it's not really problematic. No, 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 that's true, but I just mean the fact that, like, it's as though creators only have one no, I get what you're saying. required yeah, reading, yeah. which would be a shame, because, like, do something new with him. There is something inherently badass about a guy living in a world of gods and monsters who I... uses Robin Hood weaponry to fight and kick ass. But I so do to think... just tell I... stories of, here he is, retired, sort of, and training someone else is a bit like, is that going to be the story we see with him every time? I do think that that particular story and that particular run does help to it and and i think it's important to have those kinds of stories for like mm. ongoing characters and, and, and long-lived <clears throat> characters that are um that are <laughs> that are able to sort of bring everything back to uh basics and to the root of the character so it's important to have those oh, kind yeah. of stories to refer to well to that's why it's that weird back to... That's why it's weird to me as a point of inspiration for this, because it's like, well, this is our introduction to this version of Clint. Yeah, and but our if, introduction if it's, if is it's, a reset button. If it's set like post the tragedy, then I think that'd be a good place to find him in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even and yeah. even and even though like he's mm. sort of semi, he's not really retired in that run. Like he's. Oh no no! But he's he's, but he's away from everything a bit. He is still involved in event. Like there is some stuff where he's like, oh, I've got Avengers business going on and. Like there's the the Christmas issue where you see him uh, on an Avengers mission. Yeah. Um, yeah. And got by that. <laughs> so it's like it's one of those. It's it's not so much that it that it doesn't sort of give him a showcase. If anything, it showcases his character over his a bit skill in like he's like purpose in a team book. Yeah. It's like a good like solo definition for that character. I get that. So what you're saying is it, this could be the old man Logan of Hawkeye. Not to be confused with Hawkeye from old man Logan. Yeah, but probably good. Have you seen they're doing action figures based on that? What, old man Logan? 
Yeah, Hasbro and me. Hasbro and NECA in particular have really taken advantage of uh, the Comic Con weekend yeah. like, time frame to announce stuff they were going to do anyway. Um, and Hasbro in particular uh, have confirmed and extended a range of um, uh, Fox X Men universe based action figures in the Marvel Legends line. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> We already knew there was a Mystique coming out based exclusively on Rebecca Remain's version. Thank Christ. Because <laughs> um, I know that I know action figures tend to have neutral expressions, but I don't think you could get one looking as bored and sick of it as Jennifer Lawrence. Like, I don't know. Without paying a lot of money for the sculptors. I don't know. Um, there's a Wolverine that seems to be based on X-Men Origins Wolverine. Uh, it's Oh, yes, yeah, the best look- Wolverine. Yeah, but I think it's because they, they wanted to do that jacket and, and also it having a, like a checkered shirt and everything. To be and, fair, that jacket is the best thing about that film. <laughs> um, do you want to see the origin of how he gets the jacket, but then loses it, but then somehow has it in a later X-Men movie? Here it is, guys. Kinberg. Um, the Fox approach so... to continuity. Oh, oh there is none. Oh. Oh, God. Emma Frost in this, but she isn't. We'll see her again in the next film. In the past. Um, <laughs> so there's that. That I'll be honest, the promo images don't do any favours to the likeness. See, the, both the heads that come with the figure don't look particularly good. I can't, ima- I can't imagine they got recent scans. True. Like they have sort access of, to for it, the... You know the, how, like, the... Uh, the uh, sometimes the Bandai... Or SH figure arts or those companies when they do likenesses of those actors, they kind of soften the features a bit and make them look a little more animated, but based off the actor. Yeah. Um, it kind of looks like that, which is weird because the Marvel Legends range does a much better job at capturing likenesses outright. So it seems weird that it's sort of a, an approximation of Hugh Jackman's face. It might be but a licensing thing. Could be. I mean, it's, it's him, but it's just not very good um like then again i'll wait and see when we get some promo images that have photos of it on display rather than the the promo images because they aren't doing it justice and sometimes that's the case i've got a big chief ninth doctor figure behind me the promo images it looked kind of off in hand it's like yeah no that's chris eccleston that's chris eccleston i don't know what i was talking about with those promo images let me look at them again oh wait no that doesn't look right what huh but i have it in my hand and it looks good what is this and then the figure looks um, up and goes oh why have you got me in your hand get in the church um so you're gonna uh, burn. It, gives me, it gives me air from its lungs and i put a tiny mask on it and say not now um so so uh so they revealed those and they also revealed a two-pack of professor x magneto based on their appearances in uh apocalypse specifically so like the magneto uh well not apocalypse yeah it's, it's either Days of Future Past or Apocalypse, but he's in, like, Age of, like the, the, oh, the armour with the black films, trousers yeah. and the short cape. Uh, that uh, and Magnet- is Future Past, I think. Yeah, there it is. So Where he comes you see with him at the heads. end with the big chest plate on the baseball field. That's the one. Big yeah. chunky chest plate, he, yeah. He comes with four heads, uh, two uh, helmetless, two helmeted heads, each with a likeness based on McKellen and Fassbender. Good. Uh, so you can mix and match. And Charles Xavier, of course, like the body's based on like Apocalypse, blue suit, slightly slimmer build, um, you know, ties askew. But he comes with uh, two heads as well, a Patrick Stewart and a uh, James McAvoy. So it's like that's quite cool. They could have they could have done one better and included a second McAvoy with hair. But yeah, I was going to ask: is the, is the is the McAvoy bald or in haired? 
Bald McAvoy, but if they if they included bald and with hair McAvoy, I think it would have been more appreciated. Because if you get a partner in a fastbender, you kind of want to have him with the hair, really. But yeah, then again, there's two. There's then again, there's two of those movies where he's bald now. So maybe fans of the later X Men movies prefer bald McAvoy. <laughs> Yay! I don't know. Uh, um, so those were confirmed, and we knew that there were Deadpool sets coming out. Well, they've now been completely confirmed. Cable based on Deadpool two. Is coming exclusively to Walmart, so fuck that. We're never going to see it over here. It'll be in um, markup at some point, probably. Hopefully, but the Walmart and Target exclusives don't usually come to the stores over here, mm. which is a shame. Um, Kapow toys, man. Uh, yeah. There's a two-pack of uh, Deadpool and Negasonic Teenage Warhead, mm-hmm. which is coming out, uh, which I'd like, because I'd like to own a Ryan Reynolds Deadpool figure. Doesn't come with a spare head, though. He just, he's just in mask, but it's like, no, come on. Give us, the, give us the grizzled head of Wade, but whatever. I'm happy with it. It looks good, and Negasonic looks good. Um, was it, uh, is it Br- Brianna... Brianna Hildebrand. Brianna Hildebrand. I was going to say Brianna Hildebrand. How did you forget a name too like many that? Ds. Uh, yet, yet I remember Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Um, yeah, which is well. great because on the packaging it's got whatever that whatever that character's like, you, like real a, real alias is on the packaging, and it's scribbled out in the design, and underneath it's written Negasonic Teenage Warhead in like nice. Sharpie. The same with Cable. Cable's action figure is called Nathan Summers, but it's been sharpied over with Cable. So they've obviously gone for like a Deadpool has got hold of the packaging kind of aesthetic. Uh, and also in the same la- same line as well, Domino with the immaculate likeness of Zazie Beats. Excellent. Um, two heads, one smiling, one stern face. And they look really good. Sorry, I'm nerding out. But they, they confirmed over SDCC weekend that there are um, two other X-Men sets on the way. One's a comic book one and one's a movie one. The comic book double pack is Old Man Logan. There's been versions of that figure before, but this is him in his big coat, with a couple spare hands, different head, and Hawkeye. So you're uh, your blind Hawkeye with his uh, like you know vest on and his bandage watsits and here, there, and everywhere. And la, what about la, la. what about Ultron Six? No, no Ultron Six. Ultron who is Six. Who is it? Hawkeye, Hawkeye as a baby with again? I can't remember, but Ultron Six is a better father than you ever were. Um, That's true. I think That's true. I want to say it, it, it's someone from Spider Man's life. I think it's Spider-Man's daughter. Yeah, it's Matty like, Franklin. Like, Not my Franklin. No, Mayday Parker. Mayday Parker. And, and yeah, because it's extra creepy when you're like, but he'd be like 35 years older than her. Yeah. They had a kid <laughs> in in the apocalypse. Let me double um, check that. Cause I, double, hey, double check. Uh, wait, are you saying there's something creepy in a Mark Miller book? Oh god, it's Mark Millar, isn't it? Because let us not forget why oh, why god, all the Hulk yeah. are super inbred. Oh god, because he because he uh, he went ahead and did that thing that David S. Goyer is obsessed with. To uh, um, yeah, yeah, god. And I, I doubt she was consenting. I'm just gonna put that yeah. out there. Uh, but uh, also, like, it's a decent story on the on the surface of it once you actually dig down like a lot of Mark Millar stories (laughs) you actually dig down and go and think about the stuff that's in it you're like oh this dude's got fucking issues issues Uh, but then there is um, one more movie set they've announced which is Logan it's a double pack featuring Logan in his white shirt long uh, long black jacket Logan uh, short head sculpt and also Xavier so a knackered Patrick Stewart action figure. <laughs> nope. X-23 or... Bust. 
Oh, right, I thought you meant that's who Hawkeye was with. I was like, really? No, X-23. Because that's still creepy. <laughs> yeah, Ton- Tonya Barton, Hawkeye's third ex-wife, mother of Ashley Barton and a daughter of Peter Parker. There it is. Oh, so it's not Mayday, but it is Mayday, essentially. Oh, that's gross. That is gross. Why is that a thing? Don't answer that. Oh, no, those toys revealed, plus some more Star Wars and Transformers exclusives, which look pretty. Um, and NECA have announced a bunch of stuff, uh, including more slashers coming to like their, their ultimate Jason from the Friday Thirteenth stuff. Like, is like they're rounding up the Jasons now, so that you'll basically have a figure of all of them in this wave. By this Jason. Point. Uh, they've revealed the packaging for Greta because they're doing a couple more Gremlins two figures, which made me go yay. And then I saw they were ultimate figures, which made me go oh, because that means each one of them has a price tag of about thirty five pounds or oh, above in the UK. Yeah. Back when and and you know I've got the wave behind me. They're in this room. They were all the Gremlins that came out before in this wave, and they were like fifteen quid. And it's like I don't want to pay double that just so they've got a couple spare hands. But I also don't want to not have Greta. <laughs> Yeah, it seems part of the iconic ones. Greta and the brain are the two that are missing in the current. Like, yeah, well, of course they saved them for design. the second wave, so you'd have to buy the second wave. And well, then they no could news do a on second the, wave. No news on the brain yet. Um, Greta, Greta, Greta want to try and push for a third wave. Well, his sculpt is ready because one of the the, the other two are um, a green gremlin, which is based on the other kind of design of the face. That, that they have this sort of two distinct face designs for all the random gremlins and uh, one of them sort of got little pudgier features and that's the other one they're releasing ultimate gremlins to gremlin and then another version of that who's got a big warner brothers tattoo on his chest based on a gag from the end so that's probably gonna sure. be like a gamestop exclusive or something sure um gamestop that, exclusive fuck me oh no but that character's got the same sculpt as the brain puppet so it's a matter of time before they go and here's a revised version of the brain so i've now got to make some difficult decisions oh wait no i'd like to eat food um what about Pinky? so yeah <sighs> Narf. gee i don't know brain i couldn't not i couldn't not do it <laughs> fucking <laughs> what if you pour water into them after midnight Narf. um so, um, that's it for Toy News. Yeah, what what toy... were we talking about again? Oh, freaking no. San Diego Comic-Con! Oh, yeah, it happened. I've watched some panels. I've not watched any panels. I've watched a few trailers. Uh, but most of it I couldn't be motivated to give a fuck about. So, What things did you give a fuck about? What trailers did you watch? I mean, none Squire of it, holes? really. If I'm honest. Um, uh, it's so weird, isn't it? Like, normally this episode, we're like, oh my god, did you, oh, then they did this, they released that, that was pretty cool, and then they announced this actor's going to be a part of this, yeah. and they're doing one of these, and this year it's just, yep, go to their YouTube channel, uh, watch some of the panels, or go to IGN or a few other places like that and watch their literally same upload of the thing that's yeah. on the Comic-Con International it's YouTube channel. It's weird. Um, same upload, <laughs> but, they, but, they've put, but they've put... But they've put a watermark. Yeah, exactly. Watermark in the bottom corner. So now you know it's IGN. Um, for some reason. We got a proper look at New Mutants and a, and a confirmed new release date. Yeah, with a trailer that takes the piss. In what way? The trailer uh, preview, the official preview trailer opens with... Um, <laughs> opens with the deadline for the release of the film that was... And then oh that was yeah, meant no, to be, I, I watched the trailer that was part of the panel, so I didn't see that. 
Ah, yeah. So when they when they popped out separately, it has this intro with all the the dates, and then like tweets of people saying like, "Is this thing ever coming out?" And this, that, the other, and then eventually ends with I think it's I think is it twenty eighth of August. Twenty eighth of August. Which I think it's twenty eighth of same, August. I'm gonna say it's the same day as, as Bill and Ted. Uh, yes, face the music and Tenet the, until Tenet gets delayed again. Well, I don't Tenet, know if you've heard, in, but Tenet, Tenet was delayed last week. What? No. Yeah. Tenet in IMAX theaters and some normal screens. Oh in yeah, because Christopher yeah. Nolan's got his big old IMAX, Woody, hasn't he? Big old IMAX. He's, he's got a, he's got a hard on for IMAX as big as an IMAX. I'm gonna shoot. But, I'm gonna shoot everything in 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 IMAX cameras because I really want to use the 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 full frame. So you can get the sense of that my meticulous clockwork films and uh, the, the technicality I I display. Isn't it by weird showing everything How so I... meticulously? Is it, is it? Oh, Chris, you've done it on the screen again. But don't worry, there are forty-eight yes, feet more of the in, screen to but cover. But it's in IMAX. Oh no, three D. No, oh, it's no. weird. Of like ten years. Ten years ago, I think our opinion of Chris Nolan was probably, yeah, I really like his stuff. And now it's just we've we've seen enough of his pretension outside. Yeah, of the I'm releases. just so tired of it. It's like, uh, and part of that's God. part of that's not down to him. Part of that's down to Warner Brothers making a big thing of, oh, it's a Christopher Nolan movie, so it's our uh, it's well, our summer. Well, I also think part of it is down to like us getting older and our taste changing and our tolerance for bullshit, like. That's the thing. Lessening, yeah, it's it's, like... it's it's not that he makes stuff for younger audiences than us, and we're getting tired of it. It's that the bullshit detector is flashing so heavily at this point. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh god, this guy. Like same with Tarantino in a way. Like I'm just yeah. Sort of like, no. like I still haven't got around to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because I'm just like same. Ta- same. Tarantino. Same. Like I don't don't get me wrong. I love the Hateful Eight, but I love it for the performances and the fact that it feels so confined. Um, hey, for it's great, yeah, yeah. And I love, I love Django. I un- unashamedly love Django Unchained, but I just, I, I have no enthusiasm for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Django's fine, but I don't think I ever want to watch it again. I think I've only ever watched Reservoir Dogs once. Yeah, Reservoir Dogs is again great performances, yeah. but once you're wise to like Reservoir Dogs walked, so the rest of his filmography could run. Yeah, I think Pulp Fiction holds. You can up. dissect it like way more because it's like, yep, here's one of his clever conversations, and here's one I of think, his witty dialogue sequences, and do think, something different, mate. <laughs> Pulp Fiction holds up. Uh, I think Jackie Brown is his best film, but that's because it's Jackie an adaptation. Great. Yeah, and it's the lead not, performance is absolutely script. stellar oh, as well. God, yeah, so good. Um... Pulp Fiction yeah. still kind of feels stylish, but now it's kind of feeling stylish in that kitsch sort of way of like, it's a bit weird, isn't it? And then you get into it, and you're like, yeah. no, do you know what? I jam with it. I jam with it. I'll fuck with it. I'm up for this. Yeah. Then Kill um, Bill, it's like, for me, I Kill just... Bill's fun, but it's a cartoon. Yeah, yeah I'm just like, it's, it's whatever. It's fine. Inglourious Bastards not... is fun, but like, it's a bit of meandering in places. Like, performances got... win it over. That opening sequence is the best the film gets. Yeah, the opening sequence yeah. is masterful, and then after that, I'm like, I could, I could have this on in the background now. Like, I've, I've watched the best bit. But to be, yeah, I mean, to be honest, you could cut all the stuff with Fastbender's character. Yeah, because it comes out yeah. of nowhere and goes nowhere. Yeah, um, <laughs> and like I also it. don't, I don't hate Death Proof, but that's because I watched it. It's not anywhere near his best film ever. No, but, no. Like, I watched it as part of the Grindhouse experience of. Like, you see, I, I watched watch Death, Death Proof and Planet, Planet Terror. 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 
Yeah. Well, as, as a movie night, it was like, okay, this is fun. This is really fun. Yeah. These these two films fit nicely as a the fuck am I watching kind of movie night. From Dust Till Dawn um, is a shit hot script, though. It is. But, <laughs> yeah, it's, also, but it's also but it's also lines nicked from other cinema, other films in early cinema. Yeah, I suppose. Like, I mean, even even the best line in it, well, one of the best lines in it, because um, <laughs> let's face it, Cheech Marin's big coming pussy lovers. Yeah, that's that's fabulous. So funny. But that's one of the best lines in it is the whole because I got uh, um, Clooney saying like, "You can try running." Oh, so I got like, little friends, friends and they can all run than faster than you can. Yeah. you can. That's a line from another film. Oh yeah, so yeah, even yeah of course that's it is. pinched. Um, um, but. Uh, where the fuck were we going with this? Oh yeah, that's it, Tenet. But also, Tenet. unlike Tenet and, and New Mutants, Bill and Ted have announced because that was one of the panels I watched. I watched the Bill and Ted panel, which was delightful. They're, yeah, they're going it was to really VOD. cute. Uh, yeah, uh, select cinemas. Yeah, but will be available on VOD on the same day. So I think Orion and whoever whoever the studio are have kind of gone look. If we hold this off too late, we'll lose that momentum we've gained. Of people going, oh shit, yeah, this looks Bill fun. and Ted. So we need to put it out there. Scuba's done well enough. Trolls has done well enough. We're a light-hearted comedy film that was coming out in the sun in the summer. We're not an epic that's yeah. going to fill cinemas. Let's put it out there. So in those countries and states where they have it on on lockdown or control enough in terms of the pandemic to be able to do like screenings in a safe way with minimal audiences great they'll make a take from that good on yeah, them. yeah sure as long as people are safe that's the key thing but um as far as uh like our country for example on a lot of the states i think vod was the best option because i will apps i yeah. will absolutely pay the price of um you know one full cinema ticket and change to rent it and watch it at home yeah like, sure bring I'll, it on i'll definitely watch it through your window <laughs> Well, while you, while have, you rent it and pay the price for it, yeah. We, we realised we didn't. We realised this week we didn't have <laughs> the first one on DVD. We had Bogus Journey. We didn't have Excellent Adventure. We, we don't like, have either of them. Yeah. Why? Why don't we own it? I looked on Amazon. It was like two ninety nine. I was like, sure, boom. Yeah, all right. Let's get it. Now we do. We'll have, a, we'll have a movie night like sometime this month, and then next month we'll watch it. Um, I'm, I think I'm looking forward to it more than I was before. Not just because the trailer was fun. That the new trailer's pretty fun and goofy yeah. and stupid. Yeah. But also because I'm like, I kind of want some goofy and stupid right now. I want I want something goofy and stupid in, on my screen that I've not and seen it, before it to is distract goofy me. and stupid by all accounts. Like, so, so I'm here for it, it. It turns out the daughters of Bill and Ted uh, go through essentially the plot of Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey <laughs> to a point. <laughs> Which is brilliant. They're, they're the they're the they're the B plot of the movie, and their B plot is they're trying to form a band of the best musicians ever to help their dads write the best song ever, and then they end up dying and go to hell. So it's like, oh my god, they're living through one and two. It's very good. Whilst Bill and Ted's plan is, oh shit, we still haven't written the best song that's going to save the universe. Why don't we go to the future and take it from the older us who have written the song? And based on this trailer, they go to at least two alternate timelines. Yeah. Which could be fun. We'd already seen one in the previous trailer with them in prison. The size <laughs> the of super tanks. jacked prison villain's yeah. head. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Which is so far removed from them that it's like, this is genius. I this is absolutely love genius. It. Uh, and then the others sort of look a bit more like rich, successful, very zen. They've got like a mansion. You only see it very briefly in this trailer, but it's like, oh, so the A plot is alternate timelines. Okay. Um, uh, 
we obviously don't have Rufus, but the panel gives away that Rufus does make an appearance. Hmm. Uh, I believe through archive footage, so I don't know if it's a new scene or if it's just flashbacks, but it means George Carlin is in the movie in some way, which I think is a nice touch. Excellent. Um, <laughs> see, after you say that, you're supposed to play a guitar. Uh, and that he did it, boys and girls, and it made me happy in my pants. Um, but it looks like Kristen Shaw is a character playing a character that sort of assumes that yes. role for this film, which again is like, yep, she fits right in. I love seeing Kristen Shaw and things. She's so funny. And it's fun that this time that the two time traveling idiots are the older people who clearly should know better, yeah. and the person accompanying them is clearly younger. And it's like this is great. Um, it just looks fun, man. Yeah, it, it just look looks. Fun. It looks like a ton of fun. Um, and I also I want to get the I want to get the names right. One second. Um, it's because uh, it's Samara Weaving. Um, uh, she's in it, and uh, Bridget Lundy Payne, they're in it as well. Yeah. Playing the daughters, and they look like they're sort of affecting the accents and the, the voices a bit, like some of the mannerisms are there. And in the panel, they talk about how neither of them grew up with the first two. Uh, Samara Weaving even said in the panel, which was moderated by Kevin Smith, who did a really good job, and you're like, can, can they let him mod more panels? Because well, used to do a lot like, of like, interview stuff at festivals and that for IMDb. Well, yeah, the IMD boat uh, yeah. is, is the thing he works on for Comic Con, but but and those are always fun because you always see the guests immediately. Like about five percent of the guests sort of are like, "The fuck is this?" But the other ninety-five percent immediately kind of loosen up because it's just somebody going, "Oh my god, I loved you in such and such a thing." Right. Anyway, so forget that. Got to talk to you about this, and you can see they've already gone like, "Oh, all right, this is kind of fun." Um, but he's really good in this because even in this instance, where they pre-recorded it two or three weeks ago on Zoom. And then it's been edited for the for the presentation. It was this this panel was live streamed. Out. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, yeah. it wasn't live panel. Um, but he he was really good. He got everybody like on side. He was he was sucking everybody's dick. It was great because you obviously had the writer and the the director and, and the 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 co creator of the characters and everybody there. Good, good. But uh, he was talking to. Uh, Bill and to Ted the Youngers and Samara Weaving was saying she's she she's Australian she's not really familiar with Bill and Ted really but she, like she was with her partner a couple of years ago when she was approached for the audition and she told her partner she was in LA and she told her partner what the part what the film was it's called Bill and Ted three and apparently he immediately just like slipped back into a younger state and started doing the voices and was like you've got to go for this oh my god you have to go for this. And it, it was only after she did her first like audition that that she came away feeling good about it. it was like, can we watch them? And they they box set it and went, oh shit! She was like, oh, I get it now. Okay, this is really fun. And there's some of that she singles out, and that Kevin Smith singles out, and the director whose name escapes me. It'll come to me. It'll come to me though. But he's the guy who directed uh, Galaxy Quest. So great choice. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. They uh, they they the, the all point out that what's really kind of nice about this one apparently is it's just. It's sweet. It's an innocent, goofy, stupid movie, and it knows it is, and it, it tells a heartfelt story, but it is mostly there to make you go, oh, this is dumb. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and that's all it wants to be. And as a result, that's... Um, yeah, Kevin Smith, the quote he said that I think they're absolutely going to put on the bleeding marketing for it now was, uh, I don't I don't mean it, it's paraphrasing here, but he's like, I don't mean this in a... In a a bad way at all this movie is adorable it it was yeah. made to it was made to be adored but it's like that's a really lovely pull quote <laughs> like someone slapped that on the dvd cover um 
Uh, Dean like Parasol is the director. Dean Parasol, there you go. Who did, that was the course, one. Do Galaxy Quest. Um, yeah. And many other things. A lot of TV. A lot of TV comedy. Um, yeah, not a huge feature film guy. I did Red 2. That was um, fun. I prefer I prefer uh, the first one, funnily enough. Fun with Dick and Jane. Oh, the, the Jim Carrey, Carrey remake. I, I, don't, which is I don't hate that one. Yeah. It's fine. I, I own, i put it this way. I obviously don't hate it enough to the point where I own it, which is weird. Um, probably not a film I've watched in about 15 years, but well, it's here on the shelf. It came out in the cinema. I remember it being fine. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the one thing from this SDCC weekend that made me go, oh, all right. I'm actually more excited about this now. Well done, folks. And well done for deciding to release it on multi-platform, knowing full well that now is not the time to put things in cinemas. Did you get yeah. your Odeon email today? No. We, we, we've spoken about this before on the podcast, but we're both uh, Odeon Limitless members, uh, and our membership has been uh, temporarily suspended during lockdown months. So that we didn't pay. We didn't pay a red cent. Um, oh no! I, email I, today, I've got it actually. Basically, saying that I don't know which of our two most local cinemas are going to be open, but the email basically says that our membership will start coming out again this month at fifteen ninety nine instead of seventeen ninety nine, and that's it. And I'm like, right, well, I'm happy to pay August because I want to at least see how cinemas are dealing with this over the yeah. next month and look into it. If there could be a pre-booking system, if there can be a way to go and see films in like separate enough states, because I, for one, quote, it's not suffering, you assholes, uh, and wearing a mask for the duration of a movie. I honestly don't mind doing that if it's a way to stay safe and, you know, see stuff if they've made it a safe enough environment to be in. Sure, I'll give it a try once if I'm like, no, that's just yeah. too, no, thank you. I'll, I won't do it again until I know everything's completely fine, like, outright, but... So goodbye theaters till twenty twenty two, but goodbye um, Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, on indefinite, indefinite end. Which hopefully is, that actually frees the theater up for something else to take its place I, when theaters do reopen. Again, I'll tell. But. I'll tell you. Was it Her Majesty's? I'll tell you now. Yeah. Phantom will go back into that theater. It's too. It's too big a name. It will go back. It will go back. They will find a way to do it. They'll either put on like the tour version for a bit and keep it cheap, or like they'll they'll just recast it and everything. One times, right? <clears throat> I don't know. I hope not. I know what you mean. Like, I'm not Can the biggest fan else? of that. I'm not the biggest fan of that musical either. But like, it's yeah. also it's also going to be instrumental in bringing back tourism to London when the time is right. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a, give it a limited run. Bring it back for like a limited month when everything's back to normal and sell the tickets at stupid high prices and make that the point. Be like half of the, your ticket will go towards like supporting artists who've been fucked over by the pandemic. Sorry, sell your tickets at stupid or higher prices. Stu- yeah, hi- stupidly higher than usual. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I- I'm willing to give my membership another month and see maybe tr- maybe go to one screening like toward the end of August mm. if it looks like a thing that's doable assess it from there because again the best you can do for yourself like if you're worried about yourself is to shield yourself as much as possible so i don't mind sitting in a two-hour movie wearing my mask i honestly don't give a shit about that 
no, it's, uncom- no. it's uncomfortable. So fucking like, imagine being injured. Imagine suffering some horrible injury or ailment. Imagine taking it off, feeling better for two hours, then going home and finding you can't breathe properly and it getting exponentially worse because there are less hospital spaces to be able to look after you. Like, there are worse things than having something over your mouth for a couple of hours. Grow the fuck up. But, <laughs> anyway. Um, Bill and Ted, I'm thankful that they've at least gone, no, we're going to give you the option. Like, we're going to give yeah. you the option. Good on them. New Mutants, because- though... I, yeah, I tell you, I'm not going to be rushing to the cinema to see New Mutants, but <clears throat> no. should I get the opportunity to see it at home, I'll probably give it a punt, because... Stick it I on VOD, yeah. Certainly the trailer that they showed as part of the panel is the best it's looked so far. Mm. Um, I guess I guess it's the most complete version of it they're able to whip out, really, isn't yeah. it? Because and... the movie's been ready to go for a while, but they, they did do some reshoots last year. Well, apparently they didn't. Oh, is this confirmed in the thing? Well, they, that's the thing. F- Maisie Williams was interviewed. She said, "Yeah, we, I heard about the reshoots, but I don't think we ever actually did any." Oh, so that's either her being Saki, being like, "That's just conjecture," or she wasn't in it. In it. So yeah, so maybe it wasn't her bits that were reshot. Um, mm. or pick, yeah, I mean, or picked up. Because most mean, films get pickups and reshoots. So oh, sure, but the fact that this one did it long after Picture Lock is a bit yeah. odd. Like long after it's like speaks of a second retool. postponed release date. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I don't. Know, I think it looks like it could be pretty fun. Like, I love the stuff with magic. Hmm. That, uh, that was all. That was always going to be hard to fuck up visually. Really, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, I like, she's such a visually distinct mutant. Her power set. Yeah. And, and her look and everything. Who is it? Uh, uh, Anya Taylor Joy. Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who definitely I looks hope- like her. Yeah, so I think I think there's there's there, there could be good stuff there, um, but who knows? Who knows? Or dares to dream? Did Which Colossus see... do you think she's the sister of? Oh, <laughs> CGI uh, or sometimes CGI Colossus? I hope she's the sister of Deadpool Colossus, because um, <laughs> that could, then, then maybe we can get Deadpool Colossus and magic in the same. <laughs> Unless they're going to do the thing where she's just not Colossus's sister. Which they could totally do. I mean, they've done that before, haven't they? Like, Havoc, he's a Summers, but we're never going to mention a connection to Cyclops. Yeah, do they not? I can't remember. No, uh, Cable Um, Cable is referred to somewhere in Deadpool as Nathan Summers, so they at least allude to the surname, but they never go into it. Yeah, they don't touch on it at all. Because obviously it'd be the the wrong time to do it in his first story, unless that story was an X-Men story, but, you know, it's... yeah. Also, they didn't have a good Cyclops at the time. I don't think they had a Cyclops, did they? Yeah, they did... um, Oh, Ty Sheridan. Ready Player One, yeah. Yeah, he's not great. No. In that role, he might be great in another role. He's no James Marsden. No, he is not. Or that random kid from X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other Cyclops. Um, <laughs> did you see the trailer for Lovecraft Country on HBO? No, tell me about Lovecraft Country Lovecraft on HBO. Lovecraft Country seems like it is... It's based on a novel, which I haven't read. I've heard good things about. And it's going to be an HBO series. Okay. And it looks like it takes Lovecraft's mythos and blends them with and, like, actually confronts the racial stuff in them by having it about a black family looking into their past in, like, Lovecraft's... The, the area his stories were set in. 
and yeah. discovering like a super racist cult and dealing with like post World War Two American racism through the le- and also marrying it with like Lovecraftian storytelling. So what you're telling me is they're they're pulling a Hamilton. They're taking might be, they might they're be. taking the exclusionary marginalized um, people within the worlds of the original source or indeed events and going, yeah, no, we're gonna use this to tell a story with the marginalized. Well it's also with the oppressed like like minorities and, and, and ethnicities now. Obviously in Hamilton's is... in Hamilton's case, casting primarily uh, non white actors in all the lead roles, uh, to play the people who found the country and also own slaves, assholes. Um and in this case, they're like, yeah, Lovecraft is a massive racist. So we're going to tell yeah. a story about that using his stuff. <laughs> we're going to tell a story about how racists are disgusting people using his stuff as inspiration. Um, it's, yeah, it's Starship it's... Troopers. Yeah, kind of, I yeah. think. <laughs> it's it's, it's fucking based... it up on purpose to say, yeah, but the original's stupid and offensive. Uh, based on a book by Matt Ruff, um, uh, created for television by Misha Green. And executive produced by Jajabrams and Jordan Peele. <laughs> Jajab, okay. You, you, you lost me at Jajabrams. You re you you re won me over with a J Peele. Uh, and yeah, the series follows a black family from Chicago investigating their family history, which just so happens to indicate intersect with a racist cult that has Lovecraftian roots. Uh, okay. Is is your synopsis? Check out the trailer. Looks interesting. Um, it's called again. Uh, Lovecraft Country. Lovecraft Country. Lovecraft Country. Let's come to HBO Max. Was it HBO Max? Just HBO. Oh, just HBO. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ockle dockle. Uh, where was I trying? I need to go back to my... I've lost my page with all my SDCC stuff on it. HBO. Um, we're not just tits and dragons. We're not just tits. Hey, remember that. <laughs> remember that, everyone? <laughs> HBO. We never did tits or, or dragons. HBO Winter uh, came and went. Winter came. Winter. We don't talk about winter anymore. Um, <laughs> fucking hell. HBO. Uh, what's winter? What is winter? So Star Trek's got its new animated series, Lower Deck. Yeah, which I watched as the an animated clip. comedy is going to be a hit or miss. So far for me, it's kind of a miss. It I looks like Rick think... and, it looks like Rick and Morty's it looks like someone's taken Rick and Morty's visuals and decided to make Family Guy cutaways into a into a full length episode. I, I I honestly believe that the comedy version of Star Trek that works is the Orville, and that's having not seen much of it, but seen enough of it to go, <clears throat> yeah, I should watch this because I think this is good. Yeah, yeah, it's um, this was this was never going to win people over immediately unless it was no. like. Unless it was so detached from Star Trek. Like, the reason why no one gets pissed off at the robot chicken Star Wars specials is because it's obviously tongue in cheek, obviously not meant to be taken seriously. Oh, yeah, yeah, here yeah, are yeah, stop yeah, motion here are stop motion sketches with action figures, sometimes voiced by original cast members for that extra level of comedy. Like <laughs> that that's kind of it. Whereas this is like this is an official Star Trek product. And it's the second animated Star Trek product ever. And it's a piss take comedy that's violent and has swear words and is about stupid people working for the Federation. And it's like, oh, now that is just going off of the preview. Like the lead actor, she's been 
one of the voice actors, she's been on the defensive on Twitter in that kind of, maybe don't do this right now kind of mm. way. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, you're not, yeah. you're not, you're not doing it any favors by having a go at people who aren't impressed by the first impression. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. Mm. Don't do that. Like, bite your lip for the moment. And then when the second full trailer comes out, you can be like, so proud of this. Can't wait for you all to see it. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those where, yeah. where it's just like, it's bad publicity if the actors are immediately attacking the people it's meant to be made for. Because We've no, seen that before. Unless this is a breakout hit in, in animated comedy, the only people this is immediately going to connect with or possibly connect with are massive Star Trek fans. Well, it's also not the only Star Trek animation on the cards. Oh, because there oh. is a, a Nickelodeon show. Uh. Stop it, Tim Allen. Uh, get out of here with your conservatism. Um, <laughs> Go sit over there with Woods and Kane. <laughs> but not um, Baldwin. Even he's too toxic. <laughs> Adam. I'm talking about Adam Baldwin. Any of Everybody. them, really. Let's Actually, James Woods might be the most. Let's all put them in a pit and watch them fight to the death. <laughs> uh, um, so, a new animated series of Nickelodeon. <laughs> Star Trek Prodigy. Oh, okay. Um, being developed by the guys who did Ninjago uh, and uh, Troll Hunters. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, and it is apparently about a group of lawless teens who discover a derelict Starfleet ship and use it to search for adventure, meaning, and salvation! That's so, going to Nickelodeon, and it's going to be the first Star Trek thing that's properly aimed at kids. So, Firefly, but for kids. Maybe. It's a ragtag crew using a starship and going on adventures. Maybe. In, in a space that won't be too alien because Star Trek never veers too much into the like yeah. blockbustery alien kind of on purpose because it's all really meant to be about relationships, politics and a positive outlook on life and how we can all work together to a better tomorrow. Unless it's a J.J. Abrams movie in which case it's motorcycle chases and Spock punching someone near to death. And Alice so, even underwear. Yeah, but no, you don't understand that. That was a crucial scene. It was a crucial. It was a crucial scene. It was a crucial scene. If you look very closely at the shadow of her, <laughs> of her bountiful cleavage, you can see a coded message that, when you break down the pixels and rotate so them good. ninety degrees to the right, reads: "Have you heard they're putting Tenet back?" <laughs> um, it reads. So, what's your n- <laughs> in the original script when they asked uh, the. Benedict Cumberbatch character, what his name was, he said. Skywalker. Um, <laughs> My name is Snoke. What? Snoke. Um, I oh, am The dead speak. Uh, so, did you see Into Darkness in cinemas? I did. Same. I remember that room going. Uh, when he went, my name is Khan. It was just like Khan. Oh. Oh, is that where we're? Is that where we're going with this then? You're just yeah, gonna apparently. you're just gonna remake Wrath of Khan, kind of. Okay. Also, sure. uh, last time I checked, Khan wasn't fucking white. Nope. 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 <laughs> he certainly nope. wasn't as white as Benedict fucking Cumberbatch is. Like, <laughs> love Benedict Cumberbatch, but motherfucker is white. 
Oh, do you not really? He's all, he's whiter than I am, and I'm super fucking white. Do you want to hear the pettiest peeve? Uh, pettiest pet peeve. Pettiest pet peeve in the world. Yes. So, in the post non Comic Con glow, lovely director Scott Derrickson decided to release something that had been talked about a lot, mm. but had never been seen. Uh, which is back from when back in 2016 when Benedict Cumberbatch was promoting Doctor Strange. Yes. He, t- he told a story quite often about when they were filming on the streets of New York, which was our first look <clears throat> at the character. Those shots that leaked of him and uh, Shuatel for running down a street in New York from the, yes. from the early part of the third act of the film. Um, he talked about a story where they were near a comic book store and they had five minutes while the cameras were resetting and Benedict Cumberbatch just went into the comic book store in costume talking mm-hmm, in character mm-hmm. had a chat with some people in the store and then left and then the guy who um ran the comic book store like around that time posted a photo of of benedict cumberbatch like posing next to a copy of i think it's the oath yeah uh, well, which, the, well the best out of range yeah story. which was on the counter at the time yeah so nice. it was like, oh that's kind of fun scott derrickson uh revealed not only was he with benedict when he did this he filmed it on his phone yeah. And he put the footage onto Twitter. So I've seen the thumbnails. Uh, I've not watched the footage yet. Yeah, it's just a minute and a half. He just dips in, and it's like this is cute. He's, he's obviously got. Uh, he says something really funny. He says something like, uh, "I just got bored of being on the shelf, and I thought I'd come down and say hello." <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's kind of cute. But my pet peeve is everyone who interacts with him in this video. Everyone just gets their phone or their iPad out and starts filming him and asking him for a picture. And I'm like, I get it. I do. Yeah, I but mean, also, the actor filming the film, which has been heavily publicised, that you know is a part of this big franchise you've all fallen in love with over the last five or so years, has just popped into the shop between takes, run from the street, come in in costume, and is having this really cute moment, which the director is filming. The guy who's coming with him is filming it, so you know that, that it's going to end up somewhere. Yeah. Can you not just sort of enjoy the moment and have a chat to Doctor Strange? Or like no. high five Doctor Strange. Or... Gotta get it for the gram, bro. It's so it's. I uh, maybe it's because like maybe it's because I'm a little desensitized to celebrity to the uh, because of like my career over the last ten years has involved me interviewing a lot of people from things and sometimes it's people I admire quite a lot and stuff. I'm sort of desensitized to it a little because in those in in those instances I've never fanboyed or whatever because I've always been like. I'm their host, so I've got to like make You've them feel comfortable, ask them the right questions. Yeah, sometimes like the studio will be like, "We get a photo of you guys together," and it's oh cool. And sometimes I think on a couple of occasions I'll be like, "Do you mind if I get a picture?" Like it would mean a lot if we could get a quick pic. But I'd never ask it. I'd ask like two, three hours into the the working afternoon. I'd be like, "Oh yeah, quick pic," you know, um, things like that. And I've only ever really been kind of starstruck a couple times because I get into that mindset quite easily. There's only a couple times where after the guest has left, I've sort of been like, oh my God, can you believe that? That was amazing. And you move on. But like, you know, just enjoy it. Enjoy the conversation. Enjoy that story. Twitter embodied that beautifully last year a couple times. Remember people were doing the, what's your most mundane celebrity encounter? It was, uh, like a, it was like a trend of people were just talking about like bumping into bloody Michael Douglas in a coffee shop queue and they chatted about <laughs> they chatted about meatball sandwiches or something. You just saw like those moments are more like that's kind of brilliant. It's like oh my god, you randomly just had a chinwag with Sandra Bullock while queuing up to use the toilet at the airport. Like that's to me that's a more kind of oh that's sweet. And I'm watching this video and I'm like fuck's sake, everyone gets the phone out. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Just enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment. 
This I is took really David cool. Schwimmer's crisps off him so he could go into the theatre. You did, and on that same night, um, he, when he left, he said good night to everyone because I was there because I was staying at yours. Yeah. He said good night, I... and he said he said like he said like thank you for everything, and I just sort of went. I wasn't working. Because <laughs> it's like what, what am I supposed to say? Like, I went. I'm just I... sat here waiting for my mate to finish his shift. I told David Tennant. I asked David Tennant to please take his seat so he could start the performance. That's what I asked. That's what I did once. I. Uh... I was, and then, and then you went, next... but before I go, uh, could I get a selfie for the ground? No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, t- I, I was pissed at your urinal next to Martha Darville. Like, <laughs> I didn't get my phone out, you know what I mean? Take a photo of his Rory Williams. Hey! Um, um, <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, yeah, oh, what God. else happened at SDCC? Um, his Dark Material Season 2 trailer... Yes, cool. and they um, confirmed that um, that Andrew Scott's character's demon is going to be voiced by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, which is like that's great. That's a lovely yeah. bit of fan casting. I mean, obviously, it's because you know there's a whole thing in that of the they're meant to be really kind of. It's like there's a person, very yeah. personal connection. So cast somebody he's got great chemistry with, but also anyone who's a fan of Fleabag will be like, ah, uh, shame his demon's not a fox. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that would be perfect. But uh, alas, 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 it's alas. not to be. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. I have no knowledge of his dark materials beyond Northern Lights. So I have no idea what the fuck's going on. But I like that first season. So more, please. Um, Bring on more in the holes. Um, BBC and ITV got the floor a little bit and would have had actual panels, but um, alas, was not to be, of course. But Britbox, Britbox got a spot. And they oh, chose Brit- they chose specifically to do a panel for Red Dwarf: The Promised Land because The Promised Land will be making its American debut on BritBox, oh. um, and uh, I I believe they were meant to have flown out, but of course they didn't. So it was just a uh, Zoom panel with a moderator from BritBox, um, but it meant the San Diego Comic Con debut of Robert Llewellyn, Craig Charles, Chris Barry, and Doug Naylor. Uh, Danny John Jules wasn't available. Um, but based on like Craig's knowledge of Wi-Fi and the way Chris Barry is not quite looking at the webcam on his laptop, yeah. um, I wouldn't be surprised if Danny John Jules just didn't know how to operate Skype. Just like so, I don't know how this works, lads. Yeah. Um, but it was. Lo- I watched that. It was a lovely panel. It was just sort of nice to get that kind of American bent to the questions that were they were being given, uh, and it was just really charming. And as usual, they all like proved to be very funny and take the piss out of each other and have a giggle and it made me go do you know what if it's not on uk tv play i might shell out for the dvd because i kind of want to revisit this feature now i don't know why again i think it's my my want for just something daft and i just love the promised land i like i could have cut yeah. half of it and i think it would have been improved like, apparently the first scene they shot for it because uh they were only all together all the scenes with all four of them in shot were only possible toward the end of the shoot because it was put together very quickly and I think it was yeah I think it was like two filming days and the three days in studio with an audience because they did film chunks of it in front of an audience yeah um uh, those are the days they were all together but there were some shots according to Doug Naylor who directed this one where the four of them were in the scene but the four of them weren't on set at the same time wow. due to availability so a lot that of probably around. explains why some of it fell flat I think. But the first scene back was the least flat and and most sort of emotionally interesting scene of it. The first scene they shot was because Craig and Chris were available. 
was the uh, the 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 sort of the heartfelt conversation with Rimmer, the one where he's like reassured. Oh yeah. Uh, about that what is, that is. is actually a really good scene and that was the first one and, and Craig Charles and Chris Barry going on about like it was baptism by fire like they hadn't played the characters on camera for like three or four years but here they are like doing the most emotionally weighty scene in the whole special on day one and they had day one to get it done and they didn't really have time yeah so and it's again it's probably the best writing in the special and the best performed scene in the yeah. special um, and it, of course, it did give us the gag of the giant floppy drive. Oh, God. That's one yes. of the best gags they, I think they've done. <laughs> like, best visual gags. Holly's backup disc. It's a floppy fucking the size of a brilliant. fucking fence. Oh, Really God. good. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, so we've got some BBC stuff coming. We've got some, uh, we got some Britbox stuff coming. Uh, how's that materials coming? Anything else? Oh, uh, yes, I almost forgot about this because it is completely forgettable. Um, <laughs> so Hulu are still doing Marvel shows, and they showed yeah. off the trailer for for Hellstrom. Okay, is this animated or live action? No, it's live action. But so I is this is this you. one of the ones? Is this one of the ones that filled the void after? Because originally, right, hang on, let's try and remember this. Originally, it was a Modoc animated series. No, no, it's not. It was a separate thing. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because so those four were Modoc, Howard the Duck, uh, Hit Hit Monkey, and Tigra. No, and it was another one. Dazzler. It was Dazzler and Tigra. Was it Dazzler and Tigra? Tigra. The ones who were together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I, well, I know a couple no, of them no. have been canned. Like the Howard show has been canned. I I think they've they're all canned at this point. I don't think I. I don't Which think is so weird, happen. like because they all went into like uh, again. Kevin Smith, he was involved in the Howard one, and he was one of the first people to break yep. the news that like, yeah, it's it's not happening. I don't know how much I can say, but you know, we had the scripts and they were really enjoyable and really fun. But yeah, but obviously it gave him the showrunning experience for Netflix to then be like, do you want to do this Masters of the Universe reboot? And he went, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, so it led to that. Um, um, he he did his traditional uh, San Diego Hall H um, an evening with though. It's on Comic Con oh, Internationals. That's good. Um, YouTube channel and it's just a 50 minute it's edited but it's a 50 minute piece of him just basically giving what he'd normally do which is here's what I've been up to this past year for people who don't follow me apart from once a year um, and in it he revealed uh, the first bit of uh, first visual reveal of characters from the Motu um, uh, reboot on Netflix Okay. Except, except it wasn't it was an oil painting by one of the writers of Naked Skeletor spread out on a chaise lounge that he gave oh. Kevin as a rap gift for the voice yes. recording sessions. So it was like, oh, yes. okay. That's that's still funny, but damn it. Like, I kind of want to see some character models. <laughs> but uh, okay, so so Hulu, Hulu had already done... Because um, for those people who don't know, there are other live-action TV shows that are spun out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe... I don't know the, if it's MCU, but it's Marvel. Oh, no. I, oh, it will be. It will be, but it'll be it'll be in the same way as in the same way as Cloak and Dagger and Runaways. Like yeah, the connections, yeah, those the are the connections will be non-existent, but they won't contradict anything in the MCU, so yeah. that they can slot in. Yeah, I um, mean, Cloak and Dagger's on Amazon, right? On Amazon Prime. Uh, I don't know where you can where you watch it at this point. I kind of want to watch it and Runaways because isn't Devil Dinosaur in Runaways at some point? And the only good thing about Inhumans was oh CGI Lockjaw. So I want to watch a CGI T Rex. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if Devil Dinosaurs in it, but um, I think Old Lace might be in it. Who is Gertz? 
Um, yes. Velociraptor. Right. Okay. That's that would make sense. Yeah. That might be who I'm getting confused with then. Okay. Yeah. In that case, I refuse to watch anything and I, I, I turn it down. I deny this reality. Um, I'll substitute my own. Uh, so. Uh, so is yeah. Hellstrom about Hellstrom. Damien Hellstrom? Yeah. So is it is it Hulu trying to do Constantine slash Lucifer, basically? Yeah. Because for, the, like for those who don't know, Damien Hellstrom's sort of from the wider kind of like Doctor Strange universe, really. Uh, he, he pops up in a lot of other stuff and he's had his own like limited but series, but he's very much a... He, here's a here's a magic user who deals with hell and demons. He's supposed to be the son of Satan. Yeah, yeah. But he, but he's um, he's he's mostly just Spike from Buffy. Um, yeah, with a flaming pentagram on his chest, <laughs> who occasionally bothers Brother Voodoo or or Mephisto, or it's just like, okay, sure, yeah, okay. I guess he's in the in the queue to have a. Can they put this time, effort, and budget into like I don't know maybe finding a way to close up the Netflix characters in, like, a one-off, like, TV movie or something, so that we can at least officially say goodbye to them in a way that doesn't feel like it's cruel and never-ending, i.e. seeing that all of the costumes have been auctioned off now. Uh, Which is so no, you only get You only get endings uh, in the Netflix shows if you're... Uh, an Asian character, in which case you just get you just get your story arc unceremoniously cut short by Jeff Loeb. Um, <sighs> don't 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 Jeff Loeb, um, the Jeff Loeb giveth and the Jeff Loeb taketh away. Yeah, especially if you're not white. Um, so <laughs> this, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. I, I know I'm not wrong. Oh um, god. Yeah. So this uh, long Halloween. Yes, please. Ultimatum. Fuck no. It, it doesn't look as interesting as Constantine or as fun as Lucifer. Um, or as interesting and fun as that brief scene where they meet in Crisis. <laughs> have you watched that? No, but I have I've, seen a fair chunk of Lucifer. I've still, I've still not watched Crisis, but I, I've watched that scene and I recommend you Google it. Okay. There's a brief scene where they pop to Lucifer's dimension because like John needs something to help with the, the main storyline. And it's just yeah. an excuse for them to write those two characters finally in a scene together. And Brilliant. it's it is delicious. I mean Tom Ellis is super fucking charismatic and oh, it's super gra- charming. Well everyone calls like, him Con- everyone calls him Constantine, don't they? In um in yes. the in the Arrowverse shows. Um yes. Lucifer calls him Constantine. Ah, and you can see it's pissing him off. <laughs> and it's like, oh god, they're even using this as an excuse to do more fan jokes. Like, oh, this Love is it. good. And Lucifer's universe is universe six 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 six. There you go. Um, <laughs> so according to the Polygon write-up, because um, I'm using Polygon sort of aggregation of everything to pull things from, um, Hellstrom. Uh, follows Damon Hellstrom and Anna, his sister, 1N, mm. uh, adult children of a serial killer who now spend their time growing up into detectives that hunt killers and demons. The first look at the series showed Damon and Anna visiting their mother who's been institutionalized in a very Hannibal Lecter-style scenario. She says okay. creepy things and looks creepy and there's various shots of nothing really happening and it looks dark and washed out and dull. So is, is that Marvel television or is it just Hulu? Um, it, 
it's Hulu. I think it's Marvel Entertainment. I don't know. So um, some 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 con then. <laughs> yeah, some con. Uh, some con. Some, okay. some Marvel uh, and some Hulu. I, okay. I assume this comes out of the same arrangement that made Runaways possible. So make of that what ye will. Uh, oh. Probably not very much if because it doesn't look like the showrunners are making that much out of it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Shall we do a couple of emails? Uh, maybe my software is playing havoc this week, so let's uh, let's hazard it. We let's can, hazard we can, an we email. Can, we can push the emails from next week if you're having if you're having trouble with the software. Do you know what? I'm terrified because I'm like we're like an hour and a bit in, and if this goes weird, yeah, yeah, and we yeah. have to and we have to re-record. I'd rather do that within the next like five minutes and do it for the next hour than than not. So yeah, tell you what, let's, sorry let's, folks, let's... we're gonna we're gonna push the emails back to next week. And we'll also, push the emails back to next week. For those wondering, um, where the hell is your where's your Justice Con coverage? Where's your coverage of all we'll the, talk the about HBO that next Max? Week as well, yeah, because it's it's only just happening as we're recording. So and, um, yeah, and we'll, we'll, next week we'll get into the Joss Whedon stuff as well. Yeah, see if any more has come out about that, and there's been sort of more. Try and unpick that knotty knot, 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 top knot, top knot, top knot. Oh, fuck off with your top. It's your top knot that's sickening your computer to the point where it can't. F- fucking record properly it's like a tv aerial if i tilt it one way i'll tilt it the other how have you got reception how have you got two macbooks neither of which can run audacity properly well no one runs it fine it's just an old piece of hardware that's so good though see this is why i don't go to bed till two in the morning on a fucking record night because neither of your macbooks can run fucking audacity properly Makes you feel any better? I don't go to bed till like five a.m. on a record night because I I then have to render the stuff we've done into the video. Yeah, because your MacBooks are shit, both of them. No, the new one's good. It doesn't run any of the software it needs to fucking run. Matt, if you keep shouting, the old one's gonna hear you through my headphones and it's gonna delete this recording. That's alright. It makes it easier to sync. Um, That's that's true. If anyone's listening to this and all they can hear is just you doing your bits. Yeah. You had a good night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, I'm gonna call it there just in case it goes horribly wrong. Yeah, we'll we'll cut it short for this week because of technical errors. So in the meantime, <laughs> you know everything at, at Big Damn Cast on Twitter, Twitch.tv forward slash Big Damn Stream, all the good stuff. Support the show directly through patreon.com slash bigdabcast, which also gives you access to the Discord server. Come along, join us. It's nonsense and bollocks and fun, and there's weird things like creepy creep creeps. Um, Creepy creep creeps. Which is Um, what's happening to my software right now. Uh, Be good to each other. Stay safe. And... Enjoy the rest of your Comic-Con, everybody. Yay! (laughs) Bye!